This is Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge, the AR-15 branding Nick Hodge. This is episode 21 of Bizarro World. All sorts of madness going on, Nick. Mr. Trump wants beer and walk to be a lot more expensive. The 10-year yield is down to multi-year lows. R. Kelly's facing at least 30 years in prison. The Chinese are threatening to cut off the rare earth supply to the world again. I'm exaggerating. Um, And we got to get your Game of Thrones recap, which I skipped last week because I didn't want to spoil it for those that hadn't watched it. It's been a week, but let's talk markets. First and foremost, how are you, sir? I'm doing really good, Gerardo. I got a three-year-old birthday party this weekend we're gearing up for. Going to take her to lunch after we record this. So excited to get to the weekend. It has been a crazy week both in the markets and, or I should say, was a crazy week last week uh, in the markets, um, both with stock prices and sectors. Uh, We'll talk about it. And I'm doing good. How are you? Excellent, excellent. My my mom is running away from the tariffs and is coming from Mexico to visit us. Half of that is true. She is on the way, so she'll arrive later tonight. Um, she'll be stopping by for a week, but things are great. Let's um, let's get right to it. Um, you know, the Trumpster. Let, let's start with the markets. He's threatened to impose tariffs on Mexico, um, 5% on Mexican imports. And could scale up to 25% in October. The first round of tariffs are scheduled to be imposed on June the 10th. The market has not liked it. The 10-year is down to 2.14% as we speak. Um, gold is the beneficiary. I've said all year long, I've actually said it for quite a while now, that you know, gold is going to be a second half of the year story. We just broke 1300. It's at 1306 as we speak. Um, the dollar's taking a bit of a hit down to 97.77, down 40 basis points. Thoughts, Nick? Is 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 this the 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 catalyst that gold needed to to rally? You don't get a yawn this week. I figured uh... that. I had gotten three yawns in a row, and so I I queued up a little personal trade in a in a gold leverage ETF yesterday and blind 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 squirrels and such and so yeah not a yawn gold back over over 1300 I don't know if this is it but lots of factors are lining up the bond things as you said which I don't uh, dabble in too much but broad markets looking weak certainly in correction territory the trade stuff definitely definitely weighing on emerging markets I was seeing some charts out of Sprott this week showing that um, trade volumes were down to to where they are in, in 2008, which was a bit scary to see. And so, yeah, definitely softness in the broader markets. Money looking to safe havens. We had said for two weeks in a row that some sneaky money was going into Bitcoin. And, and look, here it is. Now the market's down. Uh, on this Friday, 300 points as we talk and has had a rough go of it this week, sell in May and all that combining. So uh, it could be. I I hope it is. And um, while the, the market certainly doesn't love the 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 Trumpster, the Trumpster tariffs, um, I, I was reading this morning that his approval rating is actually the highest it's been since he's taken office. So the world is a paradox. 
The world is a paradox, and the bottom line is people tend to be um, – what's the right word? Let, let, let's say impulsive. People like black and white. People don't like gray areas. Um, these tariffs have a lot of nuances. You know, states where I – states across the country are going to be affected. I live in Texas. You know, Texas is going to be disproportionately affected if this actually comes uh, – to pass and so it's 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 going to be interesting you mentioned that capital is looking for a safe haven um and it's it's it absolutely is you can see it you can see it in the fact that silver is only up i think you know four tenths of a percent while gold has rallied over a percent and a half so yeah it's uh it's definitely interesting times i mentioned that the 10 year here is at 2.14 interestingly enough um we're about to see what that cleanest dirty shirt analogy that i've been saying for the past three years is about because if you go to germany um that same 10 year their equivalent is a negative 0.02 so you know a, a 2.14 yield doesn't seem like a lot it's a lot when you compare it to what you get in europe right well yeah and the fed's gonna have to cut we've talked about this before uh, more and more people are, are tweeting and writing about it now i, I saw you uh mentioned it on on twitter today so go ahead and talk about that i mean frame it out how do you how do you see it shaping up i mean you you said there was a cut coming what's next absolutely i i think that's exactly what's happening we have an election cycle um the fed is not going to cut or raise rates i don't believe in 2020 unless we have um another global financial crisis which again if a bond market blows up somewhere it's not out of out of you know the realm of possibility but in the meantime i think what people can definitely expect is at, at least a quarter point, maybe half a point cut here at the next Fed meeting, definitely before year end. Um, the market is going to force the Fed's hand as it always does. The Fed has capitulated. They did so a couple of meetings ago, and they've made it very clear that it's paying attention. Um, and again, I think that's why you're seeing capital flee into the safe havens, gold, cryptos, um, the treasury market. So, you know, if 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 you're a contrarian, um, this is the time to make sure that you have the best names in the gold space, um, the Almaden Minerals of the world, the Midas Golds of the world, the Revival Golds of the world. Pick your favorite um, gold play and, and, and make sure that you're positioned because I think um, I, I, I think this could be it. There's too many factors happening simultaneously that. I don't see all of them being resolved. You know, we have a trade war with China. We now have this situation with Mexico. We have an election cycle. We have growth, global growth, um, slowing down. And that's really the Fed's worst fear. Um, and that's all central banks' worst fear is deflation. It's not inflation. They don't care about savers. They care about the stock market. They care about the elites. So, yeah, expect... Um, Expect a bit of a hit in the markets in the short term and then expect the Fed to come in and, and not just the Fed, but central banks around the world. I see globally coordinate, coordinated stimulus happening. Um, and I think, yeah, asset bubbles are getting ready to get blown up to levels that we haven't seen in quite a bit. So get ready and get positioned, people. That's coming. It's an interesting choice of three companies you did there. I think I subliminally got in your head this week. I was writing about all three of those yesterday. And... <laughs> Early advantage. And speaking of contrarian, I'm going to play host for a little bit because um, 
And you need to talk about uh, China and the rare earths because, as uh, we know, everyone this week is a rare earth expert and is writing that they have been writing about rare earths, but they fucking haven't. So go <laughs> ahead and tell them <laughs> and tell them about rare earths and what's going on. You know, I'm going to keep it very simple. We've seen this play out. We saw it happen in 2010 um, in the first rare earth mania. A lot of people made a lot of money in the early stages of it. A lot of people that got there late to that party um, lost a lot of money. So, you know, the, the Chinese uh, brass per se visiting the rare earth facility here about a week or two ago. We touched on it on the podcast last week, I believe, was not a coincidence. They're very the, – the, everything that's done – out of China comes with purpose and meaning, right? And so everybody should have seen it coming when they made a public visit that they were going to start whispering to the world that, look, you know, this is where we actually can flex a little bit. Um, we have control of the bulk of the global supply of rare earths. And bottom line is you can bring some online, but we will flood the market and beat you with price. And that's exactly what they did in 2010. I remember analysts writing about Mollycore, which was positioned to provide the U.S. Um, with these very valuable rare earths. And what happened is China just flooded the market and bankrupted them. So, you know, I think we're in the early stages of that right now. I think it's a jab. It's not the body shot that um, is coming. And, and, and that body shot is, is, is going to be the selling of treasuries. And then, you know, th this is a long-term game for China. So, this is how I see it. Let me, let me stop rambling. This is how I see it playing out. Um, China threatens to cut off the rare earth supply to the U.S. Um, Europe and the U.S. scramble to somehow <laughs> make this trade war less aggressive. China backs up. All the companies that have tripled and quadrupled probably pull back a little bit. China slowly but surely continues to build their financial infrastructure and you know 10 years from now 15 years from now um you know they won't hold just 17 percent of our treasuries they'll hold a lot more and when the u.s is vulnerable that's when you're going to see um, a flooding of the market of treasuries kind of like we saw them flood the market um, with rare earths back in 2010 so the the thing that i think will happen that i, I haven't seen anybody talk about is WTO, right? The World Trade Organization. They're, they're, they're the only reason that China scaled back the last time this happened in 2010. There was a complaint filed by the U.S. Um, that the Chinese were manipulating the market, which they were. And so the WTO told them to cut it out. I don't believe that China is interested in maintaining um, their WTO membership in good standing for more than the next couple of years. And the reason I say that is if you look at, you know, the Silk Road as it's been called, which is this massive, massive infrastructure project um, that, that, that China has rolled out. This is, you know, trillions of dollars in investments around the world. There's a hundred countries that are beneficiaries of Chinese capital, um, Chinese technological advan advantages. And, you know, they're, 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 they're investing everywhere, Nick. They're running the long-term game beautifully and it's just a matter of time you know it's a matter of time before it's our turn to be number two on the financial global scale so it's definitely interesting times there's going to be a lot of starts and pullbacks and two steps forward and one step back but ah you know i think a decade from now we're going to look back and and then 2019 is going to be a pivotal year in the changing of the global infrastructure picture landscape first first of all first of all we got to do a, a promo about that so i'm going to take some 
I'm going to take some notes because the whole Silk Road America number two is is too good not to do a uh, a newsletter promotion on and and yeah, you said it beautifully. There was a couple of reports out in the past week about how you know China has been gobbling up assets, and you can look at whatever lithium in South America or base metals in Africa through their investments in in companies like Ivanhoe. They are definitely positioning themselves in some of the the tier one assets of the metals that will power the future. And this week there was a report out about U.S. farmland and how much of it is now uh, foreign owned and how, you know, farmers are aging and and their kids are wanting to take over. And so now U.S. farmland is, is increasingly going into foreign hands. So um, all that is, is exactly what you were saying and definitely, definitely part of the long game. Agreed. Agreed. So that was my short version. I'm going to write an article about it. Um, go to outsiderclub.com. You'll see it on Monday if Nick is kind enough to publish that for me. <laughs> um, there you go. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more detail and specifics there in the article that went out to subscribers of Junior Mining Monthly. As you know, there's you know a company that I've been fond of that has not done well for us um, up until recently. And I think that you know it was just a matter of time before the rare earth dragon kind of surfaced again right and here we are well they're they're critical right i mean i know it might sound like old hat or everybody's talking about it but you need them for everything right defense satellites missiles iphones and so they're super super critical to to everything that we take for granted and um things that no one thinks about but now are starting to and that's what moves markets correct agreed Agreed. What else we got, Nick? You, on, you tell me. What, what's on your mind? I want to talk about you showing off your AR-15. I said showing off. Those are my words, not yours. But you, <laughs> you're running around Baltimore downtown with an AR-15. Explain that to me. I wasn't. So <laughs> I, I, I think that, um, well, first of all, I think that, you know, part of a podcast needs to be stories and getting to know the host and and using the experience of the the host and guests to make points, et cetera, right? That that might go without saying. And so I just wanted to get into the habit of just sharing experiences and stories with you like I did with the the turkey, for example, last week. And so with the events that were in the news this week going on in downtown Baltimore, which I will quickly recap, I wanted to I wanted to share this story with you. So uh, in the past week, there were some videos that surfaced of what seemed like a couple of dozen kids that were, um, I don't know how else to say it, they were wailing on people, man. They were like holding them by the hair. and Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were just beating people up in, in the in the most prominent tourist area of Baltimore, right downtown in the in the harbor, where all the, you know, nice restaurants and hotels and, uh, you know, whatever, Hard Rock, et cetera. So um, it got me thinking. And, I, and, and, then, and then I had seen some... Uh, news coverage of it, which didn't really show the whole videos, but showed Newton just a, a still of it. And I saw some of the comments from um, one of the city councilmen who was sort of downplaying it and was saying that it was just a couple of kids who were running on the roofs of cars when the video clearly showed them beating up multiple people and people running in, in directions scattering from the violence. Um, and ultimately, there were six arrests. But um, and we've talked about Baltimore before, the current state it's in. So I was thinking about this time that I had I had purchased a firearm, as I 
known to do. And I, I went to I went to pick it up, and uh, after my wait period was over, and I think I had bought it at a gun show, and I had to go pick it up from the the gun dealer that had his booth at the gun show. Anyway, I went to pick it up, and I went back to work. I think I went on my lunch break. This was years ago, and um, I was sh- showing somebody in the parking lot at, at work because it's an interesting thing, you know, guys like guns, whatever. I had it laid in the back seat of my truck, and I. I this other guy walked out in the parking lot and then I was just showing it to him. That, that was it. And then I put it back in my truck and locked the door. And, um, and I could see my truck from my desk. It wasn't like I just left a gun, you know, anyway. Um, um, and don't, so justify listen, this is the, don't, don't justify it and clean it up now, Nick, as you say this it is, out this loud. Is the, this, this is the most interesting, this is the most interesting part. So I, I'm back at my desk and, uh, my phone rings and I answer my phone and it's the Baltimore police. And, <laughs> And in retrospect, I mean, that's crazy, right? Like, how did they get my number? Anyway, so they're like, this is the Baltimore police. Did you did you have an AR-15, like, downtown, whatever? And I was like, I told them what I just told you. Yeah, I legally purchased it. I went to pick it back up. I, w- I was showing somebody out in the parking lot. And then they started peppering me with questions. My, my memory is honestly uh, a bit fuzzy on the, everything that was coming out of the person's mouth. But, um, you know, I had... You, you know my my worldview and my political leanings, so my so mind immediately went to what, right, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so the next thing that came out of my mouth was, "Am I being charged with a crime?" Yep. And um, they were like, "No," and they they proceeded to ask me a couple more questions. And again, my mind is still fuzzy because my heart was pumping and my you know et cetera. So again, I asked, "Am I being charged with a crime?" And they said, "No." And I said, "Do you have any more questions?" And that was sort of the end of that. But just a couple of points in retrospect, I mean. Somebody, A, must have seen me and called the police, right? I don't think the police saw me. It wasn't like some <laughs> eye in the sky or anything. So, I'm, you know, I'm convinced somebody saw whatever in an adjacent office or whatever and, and called the police. But for them to track me down, I mean, clearly they got my license plate is what happened, right? Identified who was the owner of the vehicle and then somehow associated that through some database online with my phone number and were able to contact me in a matter of minutes, which is fucking scary. Yeah. Um, but that's the, that's the first thing, right? And the second thing is, um, you, you got, you got roving gangs, uh, uh, kids downtown beating people up and Maryland is a state where uh, you can't openly carry a weapon. You can't get a permit to carry a weapon, uh, even if you apply for it, unless you're a, a business owner or can prove that there was a threat against your life because Maryland is, uh, uh, not a shall issue state, which means um, they they shall they don't have to issue you a license if you apply for it. They're a may issue state as opposed to a shall issue. And um, any state that's a may issue state, it was like when your mother said maybe, it always meant no, right? You, <laughs> right. you can never get your you can never get your permit. Um, and so uh, I don't know. I just that just that juxtaposition of my experience with pulling out a gun for 15 seconds that I legally owned to show someone and they were on my ass as opposed to dozens of kids beating people up where they can't control it or won't control it. And then it's downplayed in the media. It just, I don't know. It was just something I wanted to talk about. I thought it was a a point of discussion and, and, and highlighted where the city was at in terms of priorities and, and maybe how things went, went wrong and, Clearly, they're they're at a place now where um, what they were trying to keep on the eastern and western fringes of the cities the city is spilling over into downtown, and it's just funny—not funny, it's sad. Actually, the the quotes from the mayor 
um, who's only been mayor for a little bit because the other bitch just had to step down for, <laughs> for peddling books, <laughs> healthy Holly books to hospitals or whatever the hell was going on. It's like they more lament the fact that it happened in a tourist area than it than it's happening. Does that make sense? It's They're like, always oh. about the money, right? How is this going right. to it's like, oh, we're sorry that it's down Yes. Right, exactly. Yeah, not sorry that all of our major institutions in the city are failing. That's not the problem. Um, the problem is that how is this going to look if you're considering a lovely vacation um, down by the harbor in Baltimore, right? I just booked our hotel rooms, Gerardo. I'll see you there in three weeks. Hey, hey, I'll bring uh, I'll bring my boxing gloves with me. <laughs> I was gonna say I was I was joking with I was joking with the outsider club staff. I'm bringing my expandable baton, baby. I'm packing that thing in my check bucket. Uh, you you know that 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 brings me to something. When I was growing up, I, I don't know why I thought of this, but um, I'm gonna ramble about it anyway. When I was growing up, I was a big Bruce Lee fan, right? And um, I thought it'd be cool to make Chinese stars. So there was a metal factory up the street from where I lived and my dad worked there for a little bit. And so he made me these cool metal Chinese stars, which I took to school <clears throat> and got caught with. And you know, the, the teacher called my parents in and my dad was like, yeah, I made them the Chinese stars. But I think about nowadays, what would happen if my, you know, 10, 11 year old got caught with Chinese stars at school, he'd probably get expelled. Well, that's right where my brain went. I was going to say that. I was like, yeah, you're lucky. You would have been expelled now for sure. Different time. Yeah, I, I, I used to take Chinese stars and nunchucks. Did you know they made nunchucks illegal after like a lot of the Bruce Lee movies? I didn't know that. I read that somewhere this week. Another random useless I fact. I did not know that, but I came across... <laughs> I came across a viral video of a, a sheriff talking about gun control, and it, 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 it ended up being my sheriff that here in Spokane, there was the Spokane County Sheriff talking about, um, well, I'm just going to tell you what he was talking about. He was saying, you know, when I went to high school, um, <laughs> 30, 40 percent of the trucks in the parking lot had rifles with gun racks in them because – all the good old boys, they had gone elk or deer hunting before school and they were going back elk or deer hunting after school. And he was saying that he was like, so ask yourself, he was saying, what's changed? He was saying, did did the gun change, he was saying, or did the culture and the, and the people change? And it was just, I don't know, I, I thought it was a good a good point. And he was, you know, you know, the point I'm making was just what you said. If, you know, you, you were to show up with a gun rack now in a high school parking lot with, a, you know, your 30-odd six or whatever, pick your caliber. Um, yeah, no, SWAT <laughs> is coming. I mean, so it's just crazy, yeah. Yeah, different times, different times. Um, it's it's a bizarre world, man. It, it, oh man, if this week hasn't highlighted it, whether we're talking markets or we're talking just you know politics, you name it, it's getting crazier by the day. I like it. Let's uh, let, let let's get serious a little bit. I know you wanted to talk about the dark web, and I wanted to talk about R. Kelly, and I, I I think the two go hand in hand. R. Kelly is now facing thirty years in prison for being a sick fuck. Um, he's facing ten. Well, he faced ten counts of aggravated criminal sex abuse against four women. He now has a new eleven count indictment. That indictment is probably going to stick just judging by the number of charges and the fact that it's, you know, it's 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 on the heels of the other um, the other indictment. You wanted to talk about the dark web. It's some sick shit out there. There's some sick people out there. Um, enlighten us, Nick. 
there's nothing to be enlightened uh, uh, about. The facts are out there. It seems that um, some very prominent people in um, the world, I mean, let's just put it like it is, in popular culture and media or in religion or in politics, as we've uh, talked about before, have connections to or have been found to be directly involved in um sexual relations with minors and or outright pedophilia uh rings and so um i mean there's not much else to talk about the the whole catholic thing is is well known there was five more priests uh uh that were charged uh, this week or last week in, in michigan under a, a new investigation that is well known it's clearly um, widespread in every country and, and, and every state. And then I just saw this story last week that uh, really just was like a flash in the pan and then it was gone. I didn't see it like, I don't know, like trending anywhere or on a bunch of major websites or, uh, you know, nobody, I didn't hear anybody mention it. It just didn't stick around in the news. And it was this international pedophilia ring, pedof yeah, international pedophile ring that was... Um, busted that they had that they saved 50 kids from but that was being run online from uh thailand and australia uh but had members all over the world and so nine people were arrested in the united states that were apparently and this is the the really messed up fucked up part is um prominent members of society all the news articles said was um Interpol said that it was Interpol who did this, uh, said that they were in positions of public trust, but the names weren't released. Like, why are we withholding the names of these people? It's because, uh, you know, the tinfoil hat for a second. I'll say it's because like it's a fact, but like, why else would you withhold the names of these people unless they had connections such that they could keep their names withheld? Right. Uh, at least the way, at least the way I read it, I mean, granted they could be cooperating with them for something larger, but, but I don't think so, man. It seems like this stuff is always like flash in the pan, eradicated from the news, never fully fleshed out. And it just seems like, um, an international pedophile ring being run on the dark web that has nine prominent members of U.S. society arrested would be bigger news. Whose names we don't know, right? Right. Yeah, that, that that's nuts. It's sick as well. Um, for those not familiar, can you explain the dark web? Oh, God. Uh, we, 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 <laughs> the answer is Loaded no. question. <laughs> Yeah, the answer is no, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try, so I probably shouldn't. I mean, it's it's a part of the internet that is behind a curtain. Let's call it just like you couldn't see the wizard in the Wizard of Oz, and you're looking at a screen. The dark web is unseeable to um, the search engines and bots, etc. That crawl the the front facing web through uh encrypted servers and sites that are protected and i'm just gonna leave it there before i start sounding really dumb no 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 i i i thought that's well said um i don't think many people are familiar with the dark web i i i don't believe that most people realize that this is like a real thing i think they think it's like uh you know, a metaphor for something or uh, an, an analogy it's 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 this is a real thing where um, obviously, I, you know, I hear a lot of people describe it as, you know, the only pure internet. Um, but there's a lot of sick shit that goes on in the only pure internet. And I think, um, I think it speaks to society and, you know, the darker, uh, impulses among us humans. Right. 
Well, yeah, drug trade, literally human trafficking, the buying and selling of humans. So, yeah, real, real sick shit. I mean, yeah, counterfeit, uh, high art, uh, et, et cetera. Um, yeah, digital terrorism. And, and I mean, look back to Baltimore. They're, 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 the city's computers have been held for a ransom for the past couple of weeks. I think they're asking, I forget, eight or nine Bitcoin or something like that. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, you can't make yeah. this shit up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here we have, you know, federal resources going to arresting people that have CBD oil, you know, through the TSA at the airports, right? I mean, it's insane to me. It's insane to me the way we allocate tax dollars in not just in this country, everywhere. Well, yeah, I mean, taxes are a crime, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that one there. Um. Uh, what else do we have going on? Uh, somebody lit themselves on fucking fire at the White House, I believe is how you described it. Yeah, and so also amazed this has disappeared from the news so quickly, considering it's the same exact event that kicked off the fucking Arab Spring. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, somebody lit themselves on fire on the White House lawn and nobody is talking about it. The guy died today. What's going on with you people? What's it going to take? Die? Yeah, he died. I, th I think it's a he. I honestly haven't followed too close. But yeah, look, someone self-emulates, which is what it's called. That's the proper term. I think that's what it's called anyway. Self-emulates. Let's, uh, let's call it that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. and if it's wrong, if it's wrong, I'll post a link anyway. Um, yeah, this is what someone did in Tunisia in I forget what the year was, but this is the same event that kicked off the Arab Spring. Someone um, set themselves on fire and it caused um, entire... Uh, nations to protest and we ended up killing Momor Gaddafi. Do you guys remember any of this for crying out loud? Yeah. Um, and then someone just sets themselves on fire on the White House lawn and it's like, eh. Yeah. And he hears the segue, that fruit vendor that lit himself on fire back a few years back that kicked off the whole Arab Spring was protesting being taxed for his vending permit. So there you go. It comes full circle, right? Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. I don't even know if anybody's talking about this thing. I didn't see it mentioned much today, did you? I mean, I could be. Maybe I'm overreacting, but no, it seems no, no. like, it's, I, I, I it, seems like it, it should be bigger news. You you would think, right? It's the White House? Yeah. Uh, all right. Can we talk Game of Thrones? Did you see the last episode? I know you did. I didn't ask you last week because I, I know that people, you know, were still on spoiler alert, but it's been a week, so it's been two I won't give you any spoilers. I know a lot of people uh, didn't like it. We talked about that a bit and how they don't have a right to complain and <laughs> produce your own show. <laughs> I, I thought the I thought the ending, while maybe not a hundred percent endorsed as well done, was yeah, it was entertaining. Uh, we got a new king who may or may not have deserved it. He didn't do any physical battle, but was uh, pulling, pulling strings behind the scenes most of the time. The sort of messed up part was that uh, the person who ended up being king had sort of this uh, power that he could uh, foresee the future. So it's kind of a logical clusterfuck when you really think about it because um, – if he knew that he was going to just be in, ended up being king all along, then he could have saved uh, a whole lot of stuff from from happening. But hey, that's entertainment. The, we wrapped it up. It was no uh, Breaking Bad, which is uh, apparently unanimously one of the best series finales ever. So good. It's so good. I love really, it. Really, sure. really good. 
Exactly. I, I enjoyed it as well. But nonetheless, it was entertaining and it's over. And now I don't know what to do with my uh, one open slot for media watching that I have uh, on a weekly basis. So I have to find something to fill it with. As you know, I don't. That was the only show I really watched. Got it. Got it. So you were and, satisfied overall. And, and, and I guess I'm not the only one because... Yeah, I was satisfied overall, but to, to put a business stamp on it, um, uh, HBO was really concerned because, um, you know, so many people were subscribed to their Go service that were was apparently just to watch Game of Thrones that they're concerned that, you know, they're going to have a mass exodus and lose subscription revenue, etc. So the scramble is on for the for the next Game of Thrones. Interesting, interesting, interesting. What else you got on your mind, Nick? Not too much else on my mind. Educate I wanted to talk about just educate us about. Yeah, something. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about this descent into madness. I mean, this is the Bizarro World podcast, and so um, there's a lot of things that are bizarre out there. And I saw someone make a poignant comment about a descent into madness and how we're at a point now in society where everyone is so. Uh, offended by something that no one knows what to do about anything. The example this uh, person was making, and it, it'll hit home for you because it was about a Chicago yearbook. Um, uh, high school in Chicago, I guess someone thought that kids, there was a picture of kids giving a gang sign in the, in the yearbook, which turned out not to be. They were giving the okay sign, which is apparently close to a gang sign which I don't know anything about, do you? I don't know anything about the OK gang sign. But anyway, that's not the point here. The point is that the kids were not giving a gang sign, but people said they were. And so the high school spent, and I'm not making this up, they, they like recalled the yearbook, right? They spent like 60 grand. It was like $57,000 to have the, the whole fucking yearbook reprinted because somebody was given an OK sign. And so it's like we as a society are just like at that deer and headlights point where like, we just can't do anything because we're afraid of what somebody's going to think or do or say, or a comedian can't make a joke because they're going to have to apologize for it. Cause someone's going to be offended or God, Quentin can't, Tarantino can't make a movie because the female's not going to have the exact same amount of lines as the male. And so it's sexist or whatever the fuck it is. We're at the point in society where we've reached what this person called a descent into madness. And I thought it was well put. I agree. I believe, and I'll keep going. I, yeah, I'm yeah, not done. Go. Hold on. A rant. Preach, brother <laughs> <Because> Nick. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, just take where we are at in the markets. I'll take it back to the markets, for example. Something I wanted to talk about last week was Kim Kardashian tweeted something about uh, – a jack-in-the-box location and the stock came off like 5% that day. And then, <laughs> you know, Wendy's tweeted at them and then McDonald's tweeted and Carl's Jr. tweeted. And it's like, if we're at a point in the markets where we're like valuing stocks and shedding hundreds of millions and billion dollars in market cap because Kim K sent a tweet, it's like, you know, that's fake meat stuff, right? We talked about this before. It's like, we're so far down this rabbit hole of fakeness that nothing is real anymore and we're just selling stock because kim case in a fucking tweet and it was a it was a kind light tweet she said i had an issue at a store today um at a location i won't get into the details please respond to my email because i think it would affect other people so you know i she reached out they didn't respond she tweeted your stock gets hit by five percent 
It's a fucking bizarro world out there. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Are you going to educate us about the geologic scale? Oh, you want to do that? Okay. I, I do. I do. This is, I learn something every week, Nick. I only do these things to learn something from you every week. I didn't uh, refresh myself on the article, but it goes something like this. We've uh, talked a bit about climate change on this uh, podcast, and we've talked about, or at least I've talked about, how over the course of human history, we've commandeered new lands and we've wiped out species, literally like wiped out every giant mammal that lived in Australia when we first arrived on that continent. And so when we see things in the news now, like reports about how um, we're going to lose X amount of species in the in the next X years or, or whatever it is. Um, I always think about long, long periods of time, not just, um, you know, the past my lifetime, for example. That's a good way to put it. Not just like the time that I've been on this planet, but um, hey, we've lost dozens or hundreds of species before. And it may not be uh, just a result of humans or anyway, just introducing skepticism into that whole debate. But a couple of stories came out in the past week that really shine a light on how little we fucking know um, and how confident we are that we know much more than we do. So the first one was that scientists are realizing that the Earth is likely a billion years older than they once thought it was. So think about think about that for a minute. A billion years they were off by. So um, this isn't like a high school science project. <laughs> this is like um, this is like the world's best scientists, right? The same ones that are formulating uh, opinions and theses on climate change and carbon emissions, for example. And so um, they got the age of the Earth wrong by one billion years. And so if the age of the Earth wrong, is wrong by a billion years, um, you know what the next question is that has to be asked, right? It's like, what else don't we know and what else are we off on and what else are we correlating wrong? And so the next piece of news that came out just like a week after the whole, oh, hey, we're off by a billion years news article was <laughs> um, – <laughs> we found this fungus on Victoria Island, which is interesting because the Victoria Island is just off the, the coast of Vancouver, um, in British Columbia, where, you know, a lot of the junior mining stocks that we talk about on this podcast are headquartered. So on Victoria Island, I guess there was some soft shales that were being dug through for some reason. Again, apologies. I didn't refresh myself on the, on the article, but the point is this, they found some fossilized fungi that were half a billion to a billion years older than the previously known fungi. And so mm -hmm. one week we're learning, one week we're learning the earth is a billion years older than we first thought it was not 10 million, not a hundred million, not 200 million, not 500 million, but a billion fucking years older. Um, and then the next week we learn that, um, Hey, uh, vegetation is also a half a billion to a billion years older than we once thought it was. And so, um, when I see things like, again, the mass eradication of species, or we only have a dozen years to, uh, reduce emissions to, or, or the, 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 the course of the planet is going to be irrevocably reversed, um, uh, or irrevocably altered or irreversibly altered. I think that we need to think about geologic scale and geologic time and, and, and how little we really know and how long it really takes things to change and how, um, adaptable the earth really is and, um, 
and that's it. This isn't a really a, a climate skeptic talk. This is a we don't really fucking know anything. We're just little peons talk. And speaking of not knowing anything, um, there was a really good article earlier this month um, on Bloomberg, and, I, and I'll go ahead and put a link up to it. And, and it was titled The Aliens Among Us. And so it talks about how for the past several years, the U.S. military has observed an increase in what it calls unexplained aerial phenomena. And, and basically it, it's, you know, <laughs> it says well-trained. I'm going to just read it verbatim. Well-trained military pilots claimed to observe small spherical objects flying in formation. Others say they've seen white tic-tac-shaped vehicles. Aside from drones, all engines rely on burning fuel to generate power. But these vehicles all had no air intake, no wind, and no exhaust. They also appear to exceed all known aircraft in speed and have been described by a former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense as embodying a truly radical technology that sounds a whole lot more in depth than what we've heard in the past in the public before from the military in the past we've heard you know a video leak we've seen videos leak we've heard pilots come out and say yeah you know it could have been this it could have been that um yeah this suggests a level of detail that i haven't read in the public domain before have you no this was the furthest it's gone they cited some pilots as you just said, that I had seen flashes about years ago, like um, when the video re- leaked, uh, there was some some pilot audio saying, like, what the fuck was that? Or I've never seen anything like that before. Right. And so I had seen some of that years ago, but never, um, like you say, compiled together like this and not the new information about the, the no air intake and the no exhaust and, and flying faster than 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 any other known aircraft i mean that's that shit's just crazy right that's pretty and they were easy. careful to say they were careful to say that while they're calling it a ufo that they they still think it's of terrestrial origin but the shit's crazy man yeah it's uh it's interesting it, it, it's interesting again i'll put a link up but yeah there's you know <laughs> the more you think you know right yeah, and and just to add one more thing onto that, I, I think it was this week or last week that we discovered seventeen or eighteen new planets, one of which is in an orbit that could sustain life. And it's so it's like, look, man, the further we can like see out into space, and the more information we get, we're continually finding these these planets. Yeah, there's so much we don't know that we haven't seen, and and maybe that the that the the authorities have kept from us. But um, yeah, a whole lot of interesting stuff out there. Keep an open mind, people. Keep an open mind. What else you got, Nick? Are we going to do a stock of the week? I want to talk Hydro 66 because we've mentioned it several times in the past. They just struck a deal that I think will make it um, the go-to public vehicle for leverage to a rising crypto price. If cryptos do indeed continue to run and rise, there's a very solid business model that underpins the company. We've talked about it before, but do you want to talk hydro a little bit? Yeah, it's not going to be my stock of the week, but we should talk about it. Um, Bitcoin remains up over 8,500 bucks, which is uh, highly profitable for, um, high power computing outfits like hydro that uh, maintain megawatts of capacity hash rate capacity for solving the advanced computer problems known as algorithms that 
ultimately result uh, in the production of cryptocurrencies when you uh, use computing power to figure them out. Uh, I think we've sort of explained that on this podcast, but that's part of what Hydro does. They lease people space to do that in their data center in Sweden that offers highly redundant and cheap power from nearby hydro sources of which there is an excess of supply. Um, and they have sort of experience in this market that they um, use to dictate to them when it might be advantageous to dedicate more resources uh, to solving those mathematical problems. And um, in, in layman terms, basically, they are able to know when they should buy more crypto mining equipment and when they shouldn't. And recently, they, um, as we're now learning in retrospect through uh, the management discussion and analysis that came out, uh, as well as a press release that came out last week, they identified an opportunity earlier this year um, to buy some equipment and put it to use. Um, and as we now know, uh, the Bitcoin price subsequently has has risen, and and so they're generating nice cash flow from that. And then the big deal that was announced um, this week after market was. Jeez, it was a deal that would that they made really no bones about it in the press release would make them the industry leading blockchain infrastructure company in the world. The world, and, Greg, the world. <laughs> yeah, in the entire world. In the in the, I think they said in the industry, but the industry is global, and so that means the world. I mean, they already had the 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 largest center of its kind in Europe, but now these assets, I believe, are in Texas. And, and Louisiana and um, bring, gosh, what's the number that sticks in my mind, 125,000 square feet of, of, of such space to put these racks of servers on, as well as a proprietary um, rack, which I also thought was important to put these servers on that allow for maximum efficiency and cooling, which is um, important because these machines get very hot and so when you're paying to cool them you're basically eating into your into your mining profits right it's an input cost and so um, if you can have a proprietary way to keep those servers cool that's certainly an advantage and look um, <clears throat> the nobody's really had a lot of time to digest this deal uh, we, like, like you know we record this on a, on a Friday and the deal just came out Thursday after market closed so I don't really think the market understands it yet it's not to uh, a definitive uh, agreement uh, point yet I believe it's just an LOI there's 40 million dollars that needs to be raised it's a big deal um, the, the entity, uh, once the deal closes, would have something like a quarter billion shares out, but as I see it, would uh, have to become a proxy for the entire sector uh, for investors that wanted exposure, equity exposure to the Bitcoin, high power computing, co-location, crypto mining space without um, buying the crypto coins themselves and perhaps with a bit of diversification into the other businesses that Hydro participates in. Um, they, uh, I mean, they should flock to this stock now. Just um, you know, as as Hive was a proxy ETF in the in the in the previous one up, Hydro should now, if they close this deal, uh, become the, the the de facto or the the go to name for uh, crypto in the equity space. And and if they get it done, it looks like it could be this quarter. So it's certainly exciting. Absolutely. You see that, everybody? You don't have to be smart. You just have to hang out with smart people. Well, you brought the deal to me, so Gerardo's the smart one. 
Oh, I, I, I was alluding to the fact that I said, hey, I want to talk about Hydro 66, and then I just let you run with it. <laughs> and you broke that down beautifully, Nick. So good work. Good work. I'm biased. I'm a shareholder. I've been adding to my position. Um, I will continue to add to my position um, at these prices. So, um, yeah, go go dig into Hydro 66. We'll put a link up to the press release. It is definitely a world-class team of people um, with some world-class facilities, serially successful people that have monetized assets in the past. And uh, yeah, if you know, even if all cryptos do is hold hold at these levels, that thing will be spitting out cash um, left and right. If we get a run, it's off to the races. So congrats to Hydro and the team over there. It's a LOI hasn't closed yet, but appealing as all heck. And speaking of serially successful people, if we're if we're going to do a stock of the week and you want to hear me talk for another two minutes, my stock of the week, because this will be out next week, was going to be Magna Gold and the serial successful person that's running that, Arturo Bonillas from uh, Timmins Gold fame, but has exited, I think it's five mining projects successfully, uh, either taking them into production or, or had them sold out. They have been trying to get... Uh, a transaction approved by the exchange for Jesus Christ it seems like a couple of months now but that is now done and Magna Gold is gonna start uh, trading something like June 5th I think it is so I just wanted to give a, a heads up something to keep an eye on because they have a, uh, a project in Mexico that Arturo is is quite excited about that they've got targets identified on and that they have plenty of money money to to, to drill uh, because a lot of folks, including you and me, wrote them checks to do so. So excited to to see that stock trading and, and think it should do well um, uh, independently of a, of, a, of a bull market, but, you know, certainly in a gold bull market. Agreed. And they have a very straightforward strategy. It's one that they've executed multiple times, as Nick mentioned. The strategy is simple. Look for near surface oxidized ounce gold ounces. And, you know, they think that they can fast track to a million ounces by the end of this year and be in a, in, in a scenario where they can make a production decision um, with very low capex. This is something that Arturo has done in the past, I believe five times if I'm not mistaken. I know we spoke with him at Beaver Creek last year. I think he was five for five on his last five companies getting them into production. And in his words, this is going to be not <laughs> a five for six. This is going to be six for six and this is going to be his retirement. So great, great share structure, excellent project. Um, the network that Arturo and his team has in Mexico should not be underestimated. I don't think that this property will be the only one that we see rolled into the company. So yeah, take a peek. Magna Gold. Good. Nick, you have a birthday party to get to. And the birthday party is Sunday. We are taking her. She's three. We're taking her to lunch today. There's this little, um, it used to be the Spokane airport before they built the big one on the outskirts of town. But the old airport downtown still has like little planes that take off every day that like fly around and stuff. People that have private planes. And there's a little cafe where you can uh, take kids to have lunch and watch the planes take off and land. And, and she loves, she always points out planes when they're flying around. So we're going to take her there and get a bite to eat and let her watch the, the planes take off and land. Yeah. Headed there right now. Awesome. Well, happy birthday to her. Everybody have a great week. You listen to this on Monday. I hope your weekend was awesome. Anything else you want to add, Nick? No, that's it. All right. Episode 21 bizarro world. Have a great week. Everybody be nice to each other. See ya.